But of course, all of our attention at the moment is about where the AFL Grand Final will be played and what's the future of David Teague. This morning on Gillian Goss, we put it to Matthew Pavlich, who was part of the three-man review of the Carlton Football Club, and we asked him straight up, what was the future of David Teague? I don't know. I honestly don't know whether or not he'll be coaching next year or not. Um, but that's up to uh, the people in charge of the management and the board. Sam Edmund is the Chief Sports Reporter of SEN and he is across all of this news and a whole lot more. He's been kind enough to give us his time on the Sporting Goss. Sammy, appreciate your time. Do you agree with Matthew Pavlich that he doesn't know whether David Teague is going to be coaching Carlton next year? Gossie, great to be with you. Thanks a lot for having me, first of all. I'm going to pull you up on something. If you call 19 degrees brisk in your opener, I, I might um, I beg to differ on that. Nevertheless... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cold at cold at the moment, Goss. You're absolutely right. Um, David Teague just standing over this trap door that could pop open at any moment. It's hard not to feel sorry for him. And regarding Matthew Pavlich, one of the three authors of the review that you were fortunate to have access to over there, very well handled by him because the review simply makes the recommendation and a series of recommendations it will be. And it's up to the Carlton Power Brokers who have been in receipt of this review now for some time, Goss, to make the decisions off the back of it. So if they've had it for some time and where the season is over and we knew the season was over long before yesterday, why are they still meeting and what has taken place over there today? That is a fascinating question to which I cannot provide uh, a fascinating <laughs> answer. And nonetheless, I can tell you that the club cancelled an all-of-club meeting. It was due to take place this morning. Now, the players have been told, coaches, admin, staff, the whole bit that... Uh, that there was going to be an all-of-club meeting today. So straight away, you assume the feeling as well. Thankfully, now we're going to find out. After three months of waiting, we'll get some answers. But no, that meeting was cancelled, Goss. So shortly after that, Luke says the new president released a statement. And um, we know that, as I say, Luke, CEO Kane Little, the board, they were given this football department review last week. Well, Luke Sayers uh, wrote a letter to members today which said in part that the club will take the necessary time required to absorb this review and any outcomes or decisions will be made on the time frame frame that is in the best interest of the club, not based on external expectations or pressure. So Luke Sayers went on to say that David Teague and senior leaders at the club will be shown that review today and step through it all. But in terms of any answer, we still wait on, um, on what actions the club will take out of this review. And... It's been a fascinating process. I think if you look across town at Collywood and the way they handled it, Goss, it was swift, it was dignified, it it treated a coach with the respect that he deserved, one that had been there for a long period of time, and no one had any inkling until that press conference was called that Nathan Buckley would be be leaving the football club and not coaching. So that's how it's been done swiftly across town. Safe to say uh, it's dragging on a bit uh, down at Royal Parade. Is there any conceivable possible chance that David Teague will keep his job? Well, there has to be a small chance, doesn't there? Because until he's told otherwise, then he absolutely is he's contracted for next year. But the wide-held belief, and has been for some time now, that um, the silence has been absolutely deafening. Now, he has mm. had no support from the footy club. I mean, why couldn't someone of influence there have come out and say, you know, back off, we acknowledge it's been a tough time, but he's still the coach. We're going to support him until the end of the season and then work through the review. We'd love the media to take a, a, a back seat for a while, give him some space. Don't have to commit to him, Goss, but just say, he's our coach currently. We acknowledge it's been tough. He's handling it very well. Just show some support. Now, of course, David Teague hasn't nailed it, 
and we can get into that in a moment. And and a lot of this will get pointed out in the review. But the fact they haven't shown one iota of support from anyone of influence at that club, whether it be the outgoing president, the ingoing president, the CEO Kane Little, mm. is pretty damning, you'd have to say. When John Barker left mid-season, a very good football man, a football brain, much loved in the football community, has been a caretaker coach in the past and done it admirably, probably doesn't tread on toes and doesn't uh, make it difficult for blokes to regain the reins of a football club. He sort of knows his place. When he left, what did they leave them with, with David Teague? Because if they wanted to replace David Teague, they could have done it long before now, but they had no plan B. Well, it was self-sabotage in my mind to get rid of John Barker mid-season when football departments are under enormous strain with his cuts to the soft cap. The club was on the road at the time. They were in and out of quarantine hubs and the like. To, to get rid of, um, as you say, a stable assistant, someone who was coached in his own right in a t- caretaker capacity, a senior assistant coach with great relations with the players. Now, to let him go, in fact, to have him go, just beggared belief. And I don't think we've ever got a proper answer on that. So... Whether that um, meant that they weren't going to depart with David Teague mid-season because there was a lack of a caretaker coach, I'm not sure, as an option. But someone like John Barker, who told um, the coach David Teague, who told the football boss Brad Lloyd that, I will see out the year, but for a variety of reasons, family and such, I don't want to go on next year. He had their support, but then when it went up the chain a little bit further, Goss, the decision was made that, no, you actually won't see out the year, and Mm -hmm. we'll, um, we'll announce a football department review in the media as well. So... Oh boy, a whole heap of um, a whole heap of issues there. Going back to John Barker leaving the club. What are the shortcomings of David Teague then? Well, I think it's fair to say that relationship with the senior players, at least a large portion of them, he's deteriorated enormously from when he took over as caretaker. And and when he did that, he was the breath of fresh air. You know, mm. the carrying arm around the shoulder for the playing group who were beaten down by. Brendan Bolton's tough approach. It was almost a free hit in a way for David Teague. You know, he let the players play to their strengths. He was encouraging, caring, all of that in a caretaker role. But then once he got the job full-time and came back for pre-season of last year, his first in charge officially, I'm told a lot of that had changed. Rather than throw the arm around the leaders, he was you know, more abrasive, more combative. You've got guys like Sam Doherty, two ACLs, testicular cancer. Paddy Cripps is having you know, ultrasound-guided injections into his back a couple of hours before every game at the start of this season in the city before he's playing. And then in the press conferences, you're saying there's nothing wrong with him. I mean, that doesn't show the players that you're in the trenches with them, does it? I mean, can you imagine Alistair Clarkson in that situation? He would aggressively defend his players to the hill, on camera and off camera. That brings the change room together, doesn't it, Goss? So, mm. Cripps is your captain. He's loyal, committed. He's a great leader. He's playing with a crack in his back and not exactly having his coach in his corner in the press conferences. I mean, that was another free hit for David Teague, I felt, that, that he probably didn't get right. So, no, he hasn't been perfect. But, of course, he hasn't got the support either around him. It's just, um, I guess, it's got into a state now where this review is going to show his shortcomings, of course, and not just him. I think we expect there to be widespread change. No doubt. Uh, so let's go the future. So David Teague, we rule a line through David, and we wish him well wherever he ends up in football, and let's hope he continues to do same because uh, many people believe he's a wonderful assistant coach, and let's hope he's not lost to the game, whether he just needs a bit of time away. But Ross Lyon... Um, He's very vocal in his uh, defence of his performance on, of course, Footy Classified last week. How did you see that performance? And uh, Ross is very bullish about uh, speaking up now and very much taking um, Liam Pickering on head-to-head. 
Yeah, he almost speaking like he's got the job, hasn't he? To be Absolutely. honest, Ross Lyon. That's the way. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. So whether he knows something that we are yet to know remains to be seen. Although he has said he's a clear second choice, but there's so many whispers at the moment, Goss. And the latest one is that Alistair Clarkson, look, could well take the job. Who? Let's just wait and see what happens here. But hasn't exactly warmed to it is the whisper that we're getting. So whether they're committed to Ross Lyon, whether it is that narrow, is everything we hear at Collingwood is it's a wide net's been cast there. Um, a number of assistants in the mix, Craig McRae shortening. That has been a a uh, all of industry process to find the next coach. But by comparison, the Carlton coaching hunt is down to two men and started with two men and it's still two men. And if it isn't going to be Alistair Clarkson, then it's going to be Ross Lyon. So Ross is up there with the best game day coaches in the game, if not the best. You know, very good as we're hearing. You talk to any St Kilda player, very good play with players, perhaps one through to fifteen. Manages the top end of town very well. He supports them, brings them along for the journey. Very smart politically. But the staff he doesn't rate, he doesn't treat well. And the bottom half of the list, he doesn't treat as well either. So he might have learned from all that as well in his time out of the game and his last couple of years at Fremantle. But that's certainly the scouting report at the moment, if you like. Mm, And he's got all the blokes in the media roles over there in Melbourne, Mm. exactly where he wants them. He's uh, he's universally loved by all the media boys over in Mm. Melbourne. Mm. Mm. Good luck with that. Hey. Yeah, what's his This is Travis Old on a grand final call. He had the press conference today. Uh, everyone was expecting some major announcement. Uh, let's hear 25 seconds of Travis Old basically say, well, there is no call yet on the AFL grand final. Have a listen. It's sort of five weeks away, the grand final, but if you think ahead of that to prepare ourselves for a prelim and then work backwards, we've got less time than it might feel like to make that decision. And so I'd like to think in the coming days we'll have a view on where the grand final will be played. In the meantime, you've seen with week one of the finals, we've fixtured those outside of Victoria. Um, it's highly likely we'll keep those teams on the road and fixture week two outside of Victoria. That gives us the optionality beyond beyond that, and then we'll see what happens in the you know as I say in the coming days. Travis Old from the AFL. Okay, well we think the grand finals here, don't we, in Western Australia, right from where I'm doing this show from, Optus Stadium. Mm, well, we do. That's what we've been conditioned to, to I guess, um, understand. So I think if there's one thing the AFL's learned is that don't be in a rush to make a decision. Don't make a decision until you absolutely have to with, with the late curveballs that COVID can throw at you. So I think absolutely. He did go on to say that uh, the idea, unless anything changes, the buy will be between the prelim and the grand final. So that certainly points to a personality. Channel 7 are going to push for prime time on the East Coast as well. You just know that given um, the hit they've taken again this year. So whether it is a, a twilight kickoff there at um, in Perth and then prime time back on the East Coast makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? As it does for these Victorian clubs who are hitting the road this weekend, Geelong, Melbourne, Essendon and the Western Bulldogs, to remain on the road as well. It's just going to be safer to do that. Travis Salt said the decision was yet to be made on that, but as you heard, he said it was likely because... Travel from Tassie to WA, there's no hurdles there, and the same's about to become the case from South Australia to WA as well. So for ease of, uh, of travel, transport, and logistics that come with these clubs and the protocols after have to adhere to, it all points to um, staying on the road and then ending it um, with a Perth-based grand final, which I think would be magnificent. Guys. Yeah, 100%. SEN's Chief Sports Reporter, Sam Eben, online. Yes, Sam, five, uh, 10 past five is the likely bounce down. That seems to have been mm. the pitch for a WA Grand Final prime time, as you say, in the East Coast. And as we saw with the Dreamtime game and a whole lot of other, this stadium is just a different world at night time and there is no stadium like it probably in the world putting on a light show, a sound show and and just a, a big night of entertainment. It's going to be absolutely massive here and regardless of the teams that make it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the big part of it is capacity, because at the moment they're a long way ahead of the rest of the country. You know, the South Australian Premier Stephen Marshall, there seem to still be a player, the Adelaide Oval in the grand final space. Well, at the moment they're at 15,000, with perhaps unlikely, he said, the Premier there in South Australia to increase it this weekend. And then even in Tasmania, for the, for the ease of use, you've got two finals down there. It's great. The teams can fly in the day before. They don't have to quarantine. But at the moment, they're still at 10,000 capacity as well. And it hasn't been as easy in Queensland as, as it was last year for obvious reasons. So, look, all signs point to Perth. It would be a magnificent spectacle twilight over there. And um, as you said, the crowds have absolutely turned out for it. And um, they probably deserve it.